Hey, what's going on, guys? Today's show is brought to you by our dear, dear, dear friends at Lorenzotti, Italy. You guys know them well by now. And if you haven't tried their premium Italian coffee, I don't know what you're waiting for. Who doesn't want premium coffee delivered right to their door so that they can pretend in these days of the COVID lockdown that they're sitting in the rolling hills of Tuscany enjoying a delicious cup of coffee, maybe even brewed in some professional brewing, uh, coffee brewing equipment supplied by Lorenzotti Coffee. So if that sounds good to you, do yourself a favor, go to lorenzotti.coffee and use my promo code FICTION so they know that I sent you and you can get 10% off your order. That is lorenzotti.coffee, L-O-R, E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, O-T-T-I, dot coffee, promo code FICTION for 10% off. Get your days started right with a cup of coffee that tastes like freedom. Go to lorenzotti.coffee. Coffee, promo code fiction. All right, let's start the show. Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceilings does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Hello, hello. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast. And right on cue, of course, as soon as I start recording, somebody just starts banging on a pipe somewhere in this building in Mexico. They are just constantly doing something here. It, it doesn't matter what it is. It's, it's just constantly under construction or working on something. Something's banging. Something's drilling. It is um, kind of annoying when you're trying to get some good audio for a podcast, and it does drive you a little insane if they're jackhammering around all day long, but it sure does beat being uh, freezing to death in Texas, I I will tell you that. But anyway, welcome back. This is the Peddling Fiction Podcast, and I am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. How's everybody doing today? It is Friday afternoon. Happy Friday, everybody. And don't forget that this is one of our happy hour Fridays. So in about four hours from now, I will be hopping online with a group of our supporting listeners. Anybody who is uh, currently a supporting, recurring uh, monthly supporter of the show or somebody who had been grandfathered in for supporting the show in the past. You guys can all hop on. I will send that email link out a few minutes before six to uh, for you guys to all get into the room and we can have some sunset cocktails as we um, bring down another day here in beautiful, sunny Puerto Vallarta. The last few days, yesterday was really nice. The, the few days before that, it's been cloudy and overcast and the sunsets have been dog shit. Today looks like it's going to be another beautiful one. Fingers crossed. The um, the sun gods are smiling on us for our cocktail hour. So don't forget to join me for that. They're, they're a lot of fun. We had some really good participation the last time we did it. We had a couple females in there. Actually, our female to male ratio was 50-50 at one point, which is unheard of in libertarian circles and just a great thing to see. So I always want to get some more women involved, and who doesn't want to have a drink with some wonderful, liberty-loving ladies? So that'll be at 6 o'clock today. I don't think I have any other announcements, really. We can just sort of dive into what I've been wanting to talk about today. And a couple things have been on my mind. I, I, I will touch on the Texas thing, just because that seems to be what everybody's going ballistic over the, the last couple of days. But there's been some pretty interesting admissions coming out of some of these more um, democratically controlled lockdown states. And we're actually starting to see some media coverage now. It's funny to watch the shift 
you know, they've had to, they really jumped right out of the gates with just uh, the, the whole COVID narrative changing right when Biden got into office. And, you know, they hit us with a couple of big, you know, punches. You know, we're changing the, the PCR cycle test rate and things like that. And, and you start getting peppered with these little articles that suggest that maybe they're trying to set us up for reopening the uh, the world or the United States at, at the very least and, and trying to turn this thing around so that Joe Biden can take credit, you know, because we wore masks and we got tough on it. But there was a very interesting exchange um, that, that's been making the rounds on, on Twitter and, and things like that because we're actually starting to see the media ask these questions where it's like, how do you explain What's going on in in terms of COVID with the lockdowns in California, like the most lockdown state in the union, versus what's been going on in Florida? Florida's been fucking wide open since I think like the middle of last year. I went down to Florida. They were one of the first ones to sort of re reopen like fully if they ever even completely shut down. I went down for a fishing trip, you guys probably remember, back in June. And I, they were talking about reinstituting some some of the lockdown measures as I was leaving there, and I don't know if that ever came to fruition or not. But they are wide open right now, and, and they're just and like when I say wide open, like they're not even doing these like retarded mask policies where you like wear a mask when you're like walking through a build like the entrance of a building or anything like that. Like there's just you 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 see these videos of people they're in Miami and they're just living their normal life. It may it, it you basically forget what it was like to um. To actually just be sitting around like at a bar with other people, not social distancing. The waitress isn't coming up to you with a fucking face guard on and they aren't making you like scan the menu on your phone and all this crazy stuff. And their numbers, I mean, they're they're good. They're 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 a lot better than uh, California and New York. And and so there's this exchange where they're at. Uh, what's this guy's name? Hang on. It was on MSNBC of all media outlets, and I forget the um, the host's name, but her guest is the White House COVID advisor, and his name is Andy Slavitt. And she asks him, contrast states like Florida and California. California basically in lockdown, and their numbers aren't that different from Florida. And of course, the, you know, the Slavitt guy just completely evades the question, doesn't really answer. He, he does say... You know, he, he says, look, this is the, the quote here. Look, there's so much of this virus that we think we understand, that we think we can predict. That's just a little bit beyond our explanation. OK, so he finally admits that um, they don't really understand what the hell is going on with this virus. And there are things that we can explain, like how do you explain what's going on in Florida or Sweden versus the rest of the UK, Florida versus New York, Florida versus California? He goes on to say, what we do know is that the more careful people are, the more they mask and social distance and the quicker we vaccinate, the quicker it goes away and the less it spreads. But we have got to get better visibility into variants. We don't know what role they play, large events, etc. As we have all learned by this time, this is a virus that continues to surprise us. It's very hard to predict. And all around the country, we've got to continue to do a better job. And I think we are, but we're not done yet. So that's that's all he had to say about that. I mean, that that's his answer to the question, which is complete bullshit, by the way. Uh, I, I, you know, they, they fucking they've locked down whole states throughout the country, ruined people's lives, destroyed their businesses. You know, I just tweeted out last night. I found out that one of my favorite fucking restaurants in Chicago and it was it was run by a, a friend uh, of mine's family. You know, I went to high school with these guys. It was Lons, Lons in Old Town. It's a, a Chinese restaurant. It it made famous. It, it became famous a couple of weeks ago for having like a COVID party or whatever. But it, you know, it it was a wild and crazy Chinese restaurant. We used to refer to it as like International Waters. I lived on the other side of the fence of it for years. And basically what happens is after like the normal dinner crowd comes through, at, you know, like six, seven, uh, six, seven o'clock or whatever, 
it, it turns into like a fucking club, basically. Like it's BYOB. The owner is, is just a really fun guy. He drinks a lot. They have a karaoke machine. And it, it like you just have some wild parties in there. And the food is delicious. Like some of the best times I've had in my life have been in that restaurant. And um, I can't go into too many details, but... That they're closing down. They're they got they took a lot of shit for having um for being open during COVID and having like a bunch of people in there. They had like a big party or whatever, and so they they shut down temporarily. And then that was a few weeks ago. And I guess yesterday they just let everybody know that they can't operate under these conditions, and they're closing their doors after ten years, I think. And it's just a shame they had. Probably some of the best Chinese food I've had in Chicago. It's like, and I'm very fucking picky about Chinese food. Um, it was delicious, and I wish I could have fucking gone for one last, you know, hurrah at Lon's. Um, gotten some, ooh, the garlic shrimp, basil chicken. Just uh, everything was so good there, and um, man, just wild times. And uh, I, I just I feel bad for the family. You know, their their livelihood w- was dependent on that. And uh, it's just a shame what what these fucking politicians have done. And and the best admission we'll get is like, oh, well, you know, now we don't really understand. We'll admit that we're not quite sure exactly what's going on here. That's their apology, I guess, that we're going to get out of this. But what really drives me crazy is this. We know that if you mask up and you socially distance and blah, 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 that the, the numbers go down. We don't know that. We know nothing of the sort. We we know the exact opposite of that, and that's the whole point of this question was like, okay, Florida's been wide open. They're not wearing masks. They're not doing all these fucking stupid ritualistic draconian fucking things that everybody in California is doing, walking down the street by themselves with a mask on, driving with a mask on, wearing like full body suits, gloves and face guards and socially distancing. Uh, they're not doing any of that, and their numbers are... Like, at the very least, similar to California's, their death toll rates, I know, are better than, like, what we saw in New York and things like that. So how do you explain that? I mean, if you were going by what the media was telling us and all these fear-mongering politicians were telling us months ago, years ago almost at this point, Jesus Christ, it's almost been a fucking year of this. Oh, my God. It just blows my mind. But you would think that, you know, uh, bodies would be piling up in the streets and it would be pa- a pandemonium everywhere in fucking Florida. And it's not. It, it, people are just going about their lives. And this is what I've been doing down here. We just go about our lives. You wouldn't even fucking know that COVID existed. I'm telling you, you would not know it if if you didn't see people walking around like paranoid schizophrenics with their masks on. Uh, and doing all these weird ritualistic things that somebody in a talking box told them to do. Some politicians said, do this, wear a mask. It's just this mantra that they repeat, wear a mask, mask up, wear a fucking mask. And that's all they have. And now they're, you know, they're rolling out these fucking vaccines and they're going to start forcing people to take them. And the the vaccines it, it aren't even clear. Like they're they're admitting that the vaccines are not responsible for the declines that we're seeing in deaths and cases and everything like that. So, um, and and now they're talking about new variants and strains and everything like that. So these vaccines are going to be practically worthless, as I've been talking about relentlessly on this show. It's like the flu vaccine, but there's a bunch of different flu viruses every year, and they just guess as to which one is going to be the bad one. Sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. A bunch of people get the flu every year. A bunch of old people actually die from it. But we don't go around wearing fucking masks like lunatics in the most uh, idiotic fashion. But for some reason, because this is a new virus, um, we're, we're doing it. And we're still doing it. And it's, you know, this guy says, we know this, we, we know if we do that. Uh, we don't know that, but, you know, Okay, you could make this mistake, I guess, a year ago in February and March when we really didn't know much about this. But like I've talked about, once April hit and New York, the epicenter of this disease and the uh, or this virus in the U.S., once you get those numbers coming out of New York, we knew. We knew a lot more about this a, a month into it than we did a, a month before it actually hit our, our borders. And a year into it, if you 
actually followed the science, not like what these idiots consider science, and and they weren't censoring all of these um, whistleblowers and people that were countering the the paranoid politician narrative, all, all the propaganda that's been coming out of D.C. If you listen to them, you'd know a lot more about this virus, and you'd know that all of these measures uh, seem to be completely unnecessary. And there's, you know, we could have taken such a more nuanced approach to this. It's just absolutely ridiculous the the way we handled it, and just the. Hey guys, let's take a quick break and thank one of our other sponsors for today's show. And you know them well as Zipix Toothpicks. Guys, this is the perfect alternative for all you smokers out there. They are nicotine-infused flavored toothpicks that you can enjoy and get your nicotine fix from anywhere in the in the country, wherever you are. Doesn't matter if you're inside, outside, in a non-smoking area, in a smoking area, with a hot date, doesn't matter. You could pop this toothpick in, chew on it a little bit, get that oral fixation that, that some of us need, and also get your nicotine fix at the same time. And nobody's none the wiser. They come in six great different flavors. They got a variety uh, for you to choose from, or you can get the ultimate flavor pack sent directly to you. They're cheaper than any of the over-the-counter nicotine alternatives, the gum, the patch, the... Uh, chewing tobacco, whatever it is, these are going to be cheaper and cleaner than a lot of those other ones and just more convenient. I mean, how how much easier can it get to just pop a toothpick in your mouth for a couple of minutes to get to get your cravings satisfied? I can't think of uh, a better way of doing that. So go to ZipixToothpicks.com. That's Z as in zebra, I-P-P-I-X.com. Use my promo code FICTION for 10% off your order, and you can start curbing those nicotine cravings without smoking, without chomping on some gum, without having a big wad of chewing tobacco in your cheek. All you got to do is go to ZipixToothpicks.com, use my promo code FICTION so they know I sent you, and you can pop a toothpick in your mouth whenever you need it to satisfy those cravings. So make sure you go and do that right now. All right, let's get back into the show. It's a very fucking interesting sort of uh, view into just the mentality of the masses, you know, that that book, like, uh, is it Popular Delusions and Madness of Crowds or whatever? Like, dude, the, the psychological aspect of this and it is fascinating to me and just horrifying at the exact same time. Um, the amount of people that are willing to just sacrifice their lives, year a year of their lives, two years of their lives. I was talking to somebody... As a buddy of mine, you know, some of my buddies are trying to get a Vegas trip together. And, you know, this guy sent out this funny email. He's like, I know, like, some of you guys might be a little apprehensive about traveling. But th- these are the same guys that I was supposed to go to. Um, where the hell were we going to go? I was going to go to Savannah uh, last March and right before COVID hit. You know, we do a guy's trip or whatever. And, you know, it, it's you know, they always do it right around the uh, March Madness tournament. And this time they're going to go to Vegas. And... You know, this one guy, you know, I haven't told any of them that that I'm down in Mexico because they they run in a lot of the same circles as as other people I work with. And I just don't want to, you know, have to deal with all that. But so this one guy's like kind of pressuring me to go. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I want to actually leave Mexico, but it would be fun to see these guys and hang out in Vegas for a little bit. But now they're, you know, I have to get a covid test to fly out of here and I don't want to have to fucking deal with all that. Uh, traveling stresses me out enough as it is. And I think you have to get to the, the airport like three hours before to get the, the test done there. You can get it done, I guess, the day before or something like that. I don't want to waste my time doing that. And um, so anyway, um, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm talking to my buddy and he's like, yeah, I finally told him. I was like, yeah, I'd be coming from because he was looking at flights. He's like, dude, we get this package deal from Chicago and you know whatever, round trip, airfare and a hotel and it wouldn't be that expensive blah 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 blah. and i was like yeah here's the thing dude i'm gonna be flying if i come i'm gonna be flying from mexico um i've actually been down here for like eight months and uh i'm just been tripping the light fantastic and he's like oh man maybe uh you know i'd love to come uh down to mexico maybe i'll visit you like sometime later next year when things return to normal and I'm like, at first I thought he said later this year, but then I reread it and he said later next year, this guy is going to wait another year 
in like eight months to resume his normal life. And I just, I, I can't fucking believe people are willing to do this. And I can pivot into this whole Texas thing because I saw this story uh, coming out of Texas. You know, they, they've had these frigid temperatures, like unprecedented cold and, and, and snow and shit in Texas. And they weren't prepared for it, obviously, because it's Texas. It doesn't really get the, the kind of winter that you get in, say, Chicago or something like that. But because of their idiotic COVID restrictions, they were turning people away from homeless shelters because of uh, capacity concerns. Now, the homeless shelter was not full, but they're, um, you know, they had to social distance and they keep, you know, probably, like, I don't know what the capacity was, 40% or something. So everybody's six feet away and they're not too crowded and everything. And so they're turning people away from these homeless shelters. And these people are literally fucking freezing to death in the streets. They're going to die. 100% they're going to freeze to death. But, you know, there's a chance that the we could get this virus in this homeless shelter that's going to give everybody a fever for a couple of days. And, uh, ooh, we can't have that. So we're going to turn you away from, uh, you know, a, a warm building out into the fucking freezing cold to go die. That is where we are at as a fucking people, dude. I, can't, I still can't believe every fucking week... There's a, a story just that proves we are dumber than we were the week before. And that, to me, was uh, just absolutely asinine. Um, and then, of course, you see some of these these people like, oh God, it just drives me crazy that everything becomes everything becomes a political issue now. And I, we've talked about this because politics is involved in, you know, every aspect of our lives. But the... Um, you know, people immediately start blaming like Texas for like because they don't have a uh, state income tax. That's why their their grid failed and they have all these infrastructure problems and they can't plow their roads because they don't have fucking property or uh, state income tax. Or um, what was the other one that I heard? Or because they don't have all these like federal regulations, they're not abiding by all these federal regulations in Texas. That's why they're having grid problems and they're not prepared for like this once in a uh, a lifetime storm that they're having. And this is just like, dude, these people are not capable of thought. I I don't understand. They're they're literally just uh, bobblehead lemmings that repeat. These talking points, like go ahead and ask them what federal regulation did Texas not you know, implement that would have prevented this uh, power outage from happening. And then they have nothing. It's the exact same thing when they would talk about the, the deregulation that caused the housing financial crisis. And then you'd ask them, well, wait, wait a minute, they've, they've added like thousands and thousands of fucking pages of regulations leading up to 2008. What specific regulation wouldn't have would have prevented this from happening and then they have to dig back like 25 years ago and get what was the glass steagle fucking let's take a quick second and thank another sponsor for today's show and this is of course the lucky guy bakery bringing you homemade handcrafted delicious brownies using only the freshest all-natural ingredients they're not too sweet they're not too salty they're just super chocolatey and super delicious they've got all kinds of brownies for everybody out there i like the original but if you're a peanut butter guy they've got the peanut butter bonanza if you like oatmeal they've got that for you if you're vegan they've got you covered if you're gluten-free they've got you covered so go to the luckyguybakery.com use my promo code pf20 that's p as in peddling f as in fiction 20 for 20 percent off your order send yourself some brownies send them to somebody that you care about and get some for that significant other in your life chocolate makes everyone happy they have done studies on this the reaction that people get particularly women when they're indulging in some dark chocolate give her the chocolate orgasm by going to the lucky guy bakery and using the promo code pf20 for 20 percent off your order it's the best of both worlds you satisfy your girl you satisfy your sweet tooth you support the show and the Lucky Guy Bakery is a fan of the show as well. So everybody wins here. You won't be sorry. Check out the LuckyGuyBakery.com promo code PF20. 
and all they could come up with was was the uh like in 1999 they had the, this act it was the Glam, uh Graham Leach Bliley Act I think it was called that repealed Glass Steagall from 1933 that basically that basically allowed banks to uh you know trade engage in like hedge fund trading with derivatives and this was what they blamed the entire financial crisis on and it, it and that was all they could come up with and it had very little to do with the underlying causes of the actual problem. But that's like it. Dude, I guarantee you, if you Google it right now, like what caused the 2008 financial crisis, they will say dereg. The first thing that comes up on like Google will be like deregulation caused the financial crisis, and because they repealed Glass Steagall, blah 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 blah. This is like what what they're what they're talking about in, in Texas is like, oh, well, they don't have a, a fucking state income tax. And so that's why they're having these blackouts. And you just think about it for like two seconds. Wait, wait a minute. Uh, well, California has like the highest fucking state income tax in the country. OK, it's like 13 fucking percent if you're wealthy enough. And they have blackouts all the time. Like every year they have rolling blackouts. And it's not it, – it, they're blackouts from like totally predictable weather event. Like every year we know it's going to get really fucking hot or whatever. And they're going to have these fucking blackouts. California's a fucking disaster. And they have the highest taxes uh, that I can think of. I think at least the top three highest state income tax. Maybe – like yeah, I don't know. But they're they're way up there. And they have these blackouts all the time. So how do you explain that? I mean, the, at least in Texas, this was like sort of a freakish event where it gets super fucking cold. And um, yeah, okay, they weren't, they didn't have like snow plows. It's like, why would they have fucking snow plows? It's Texas. It doesn't snow in fucking Texas. <laughs> uh, it's just, it really is unbelievable. Just the the lack of individual thought that people have these days. It's all just groupthink, propaganda, repeat after me. And, oh, God, it, it just it, it, it's so frustrating to see and just demoralizing. And, you know, COVID has highlighted this better than anything. But, man, now every event you just sort of see the same thing, just these lemmings that repeat, re repeat after me that, I mean, well, I guess that's, you know, what they do in school, to, you know, the Pledge of Elite. But anyway, um there was another interesting thing that came out of this Texas thing, which was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez finally stopped fucking bitching about January 6th. And um, she actually raised a million dollars in Texas relief, uh, relief for te for Texans. Um, so she, um, I, I don't exactly know how she went about organizing it, but she got like a bunch of people to donate money. She's uh, so far a million dollars, and I think this was as of yesterday. So um, she wanted, you know, she tweeted out, "We've raised a million so far in less than a day." As a thank you to everyone who contributed and amplified, I'll be going to Texas this weekend. So she's gonna, you know, turn the, make this all about her, of course. <laughs> she's a fucking narcissist. This is what she does. It's going to be about her, 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 and how great she is, and how you know sympathetic and, and concerned she is about Texans. But she did do a good thing here. She raised a million dollars, um, and it just. But I don't. I don't think she realized exactly what she accomplished here, because if we can raise a million dollars in less than a day for Texans, um, and and no doubt they're going to do. And th these donations are going. They're being split between several organizations throughout uh, Texas. It looks like. Um, the Bridge Homeless Recovery Center, Ending Community Homeless Coalition, Family Elder Care, the Houston Food Bank, and Feeding Texas. So I guess those are the uh, those are the organizations that are going to be handling the money. But she basically just nullified, like she just <laughs> so government fails, right? Um, huge government failure. Power grid goes down. They're 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 without power. They're without relief. They're they're turning people away from fucking homeless shelters and shit because of these idiotic government COVID restrictions. And and here comes the you know private individuals coming together voluntarily donating money, raising a million dollars to go fucking provide relief to these people. It's a beautiful fucking thing. 
and it actually proves she she doesn't realize this, but it fucking proves that we don't need this government to do anything. Imagine how much more money we would have to contribute to causes like this if the government didn't eh, steal 30 to 50% of every fucking dollar you make and squander it on bullshit, on fucking bullshit, and sending it over fucking seas to other countries so poor people in rich countries are giving money to rich people in poor countries, as Ron Paul brilliantly put it. Uh, you know, these pet projects, these, these pork barrel fucking things. This is this is what government does. And and <laughs> the beautiful thing of this, which is never going to, you know, it's never going to come up. It's never going to dawn on her. So it's like, hey, maybe every fucking program should just be like a GoFundMe. Like the whole government should be a GoFundMe program. You need money for something? Ask us. See if we'll fucking give it to you for that. Why, why do we have to fucking take it? And then you get to use it on all sorts of shit that we don't care about. We don't want you like bombing fucking democracy into every sandbox on the face of the earth. Uh, it, and it's just unbelievable. All right, let's take a quick break and thank one of our other sponsors for today's show, and that is Photo IQ. Guys, you know, I've been talking about them for a while, and I've also been talking about building your human capital, investing in yourselves, learning new skills. And I know all of you guys think you take good pictures. Listen, you don't. I've seen your pictures, okay? They, most of them suck, right? Um, some of us have a, a natural-born ability, that, that good eye for photography. I'm one of those people. But even I don't know how to take really good pictures. I, I know what makes a good picture. I don't necessarily know how to execute all the time. And that's where Photo IQ comes in. They're going to give you one of the most advanced online photography courses of its kind, like nothing you've ever taken before. They will help you build an uh, uh, an online portfolio. They'll give you feedback on, on all of your um, all the pictures that you take and everything like that. It's going to be more in depth than just about any anything you take up to the college level uh, advanced photography courses. And it's going to be far less cheaper. You don't have to take out any student loans or anything like that. You just got to go to photo iq.co and use my promo code fiction you will get 20% off the order so any classes that you order for this guy right now he's giving you 20% off he doubled the discount for 2021 don't miss out on this I don't know how long the 20% is going to last so go and get it now you don't have to take the classes now you can take them whenever you want there's no time restriction on this or anything like that you can take it at your own pace whenever you have time and he'll give you a money-back guarantee. So you really have nothing to lose. Go to photoiq.co and use promo code FICTION so they know I sent you, and you'll get 20% off your order. All right, let's get back into the show. Another, speaking of, uh, you know, wasted billions of dollars, there's a, a, a new COVID legislation containing $300 billion in unrelated spending Budget Watchdog warns this article is coming from the uh, Foundation for Economic Education, fee.org, which really does some some good articles from time to time. I enjoy perusing this site quite often. But more than 15% of the money allocated goes to longstanding partisan policies, including some shocking allocations that have nothing at all to do with the pandemic. Imagine that. But imagine that, a government spending bill that's going to waste a bunch of fucking taxpayer dollars, of course. But anyway, from the article, President Biden has not backed down from his $1.9 trillion COVID-19 spending proposal, and House Democrats are pushing full steam ahead on making his vision a legislative reality. But a top-budget watchdog warned that the budget-busting legislation, which costs roughly $13,260 per federal taxpayer, is full of spending that has nothing to do with the pandemic. Only about 1% of the entire package goes toward COVID vaccines, and 5% is truly focused on public health needs surrounding the pandemic. This is the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget warned on Wednesday. Meanwhile, nearly half of the package will be spent on poorly targeted rebate checks and and state and local government aid, including the households and governments that have experienced little or no financial loss during the crisis. Even some of the money that is ostensibly related to COVID-19, like billions intended to help schools reopen, is highly misleading. For example, much of the money 
for school reopening is actually allocated for 2023 and 2024, long past when the, the point of schools have been reopened. More broadly, the committee reports that at least $300 billion of the bill's spending, which is 15%, is allocated toward longstanding policy priorities that have no direct relation to COVID-19. The bill includes a number of longstanding... Okay, how many times are you going to tell? Longstanding priorities. We get it. Jesus. Such as a child tax credit, earned income tax credit, increasing Affordable Care Act subsidies, and boosting the minimum wage. Um, blah, 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 blah. Senator Rand Paul's annual waste report documents examples of profligate government waste every year. Of the countless billions in total waste documented by the senator's office, memorable examples include subsidizing frog mating, taxpayer support for Pakistani film industry studying, nicotine-addicted uh, fish, funding Sri Lankan think tanks, and taxpayer money spent to combat truancy in the Philippines. Uh, waste is not a feature, not a bug of how... Waste is a feature, not a bug of how Congress routinely handles our money. For Congress, Congress passed a massive omnibus spending bill paired with COVID-19 relief legislation in December. The legislation was 5,500 pages long. You remember this? Yeah. Um, and it was full of bizarre expenditures, like more than $40 million for the Kennedy Center and shit like that. This is what they do. They, they don't pass, you know, direct relief. It, it, would be too, it would be too revealing to have everything become a GoFundMe campaign where they actually had to raise money directly from people and not fucking steal it from you, right? They wouldn't be able to do all this stupid shit that lobbyists have, have them written into, into all these bills. 5,500 page. I don't know how long this $1.9 trillion one is going to be, but it's going to be thousands of pages and who knows where all this money is going. And yet we still have all of these, um, all of these problems, all of, you know, they've been talking about upgrading the you know the electric grid like my entire life right what what have they been doing with fucking trillions and trillions of dollars it, it it's not like if um texas had a state income tax that they would be fucking spending all this money for you know uh combating winter storms upgrading the electric grid and um you know getting a bunch of snow pl- like why the fuck would they invest in that this is a fr- like a freakish accident and they never they never go toward the the things that you want. We, we've spent twenty eight trillion dollars now, and not one penny of it has gone to upgrading these electric grid, grids. As far as I know, the whole thing is just ridiculous. Everything should be a GoFundMe campaign, and then you could really find out what the people want. And that's you know if they talk about democracy, this democracy, that the most sacred thing ever, right? Well, what's more democratic than having people vote with their dollars? That's why the free market is fucking always going to be superior, a superior allocation of resources, a better representation of what the people want. And, you know, the smallest, you know, the smallest niche groups can get support, can have a voice in the free market that 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 you don't get in in a pure democracy where 51 can rule over 49 percent. I mean, this. Every, everything that Ocasio-Cortez has just done proves, without a doubt, that um, not only are, are people compassionate and willing to, to donate to cause, like, think of all the people that um, rip on uh, people from, te- like, nobody that uh, supports Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or follows her was probably even aware that she was raising this money. None of them are from fucking Texas, okay? And they all despise people from Texas, and they make fun of them all the time. However, when they see their fellow man suffering, freezing to death, they donate to the cause. A million dollars in a day. Um, It's incredible what we could do if we get government out of the way, and they let us control all of our income. We have 100% of it instead of 70%. It's far less than that. It, it by the time you get through all of the taxes, you know, sales tax and and state and local taxes and everything, it's probably less than fifty percent of the money that you actually earn. You get to keep, and the rest of it goes to all their fucking bullshit pet projects. It doesn't go to you know, um, securing the grid, upgrading the grid, making anyone's life better. They just squander it and they line their own pockets in the process, and then you know they get out, they get all upset. When uh, you know Ted Cruz leaves the fucking country and goes to Cancun, that was the big 
story that apparently, you know, the, the outrage was Ted Cruz, um, instead of like freezing his ass off in Texas, just picked up and went to Cancun with his daughters. And like, oh, okay, what was he supposed to do? Just sit there and be cold? I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Have have the means to get out of places like this. And, you know, this is one of these things, one of these other topics I've been harping on throughout the COVID thing is like, you got to be able to get out of Dodge. You have to put yourself in a position where if shit goes bad, if the grid fails and you're going to be freezing to death, you need to be able to pick up and get out of there. Uh, and, and you need to have money to do that. You need to have resources to do that. If you, if you don't have the, the, uh, money, right, uh, you don't have freedom. You're going to be one of these poor bastards dependent on the fucking government to come through and help you. And ask the people of Texas how that's working out for them. Uh, you do not want to be dependent on anybody for your well-being. You want to take total control of that. But the last fucking person on the face of the earth you want to rely on for your livelihood is the federal government. Anybody from the federal government. I mean, you are you will be they will leave you freezing and dying in the streets. The way they talk about things that would actually happen in Florida, that's the way they would leave you. And I guess in that sense, it's uh, you know a form of projection. But but anyway, I got to move on because I'm running a little long here, and I got um, I got some things I have to do before our happy hour. But I did I, I did want to touch on the whole um, Robin Hood show trial that we had yesterday because I watched some of it. I tweeted during some of it. The thing was fucking like five and a half hours long or something like that. It was unbelievable. I watched like the first. Um, hour or so I had it on while I was doing some other stuff and my god is it it's just fucking boring boring beyond belief but like I would do you know I like took a lunch break I walked the beach I came back like an hour later and they're still fucking yakking back and forth and like they give every fucking person you know you get five minutes and they get you know they all ask these stupid fucking questions nobody gets anywhere it's just another one of these worthless hearings and they're it just drives me crazy that um, they can. Every politician makes these calls for committees and investigations, and none of them ever fucking do anything. It's all just bullshit, grandstanding, masquerading as action. It's like, oh well, if we have this five and a half hour long hearing, then we really tried to get to the bottom of this thing, and they never accomplish anything that the American people actually want them to do. If anything. It's just a pretense for them to pass more harmful legislation. And that's like what some of these fucking uh, senators or congressmen were, were talking about. You know, it's like, well, this is why we need to have a transaction tax on, on trading so that, you know, um, so that this doesn't happen again. Or like that's going to fucking stop this from happening. No, 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 it won't. Um, and it's just it's just another way for them to reach into your fucking pockets. Uh, but uh, yeah, I heard what's her face. Uh, Talib was was just the whole thing was just a little political speech for for her to push for uh, increasing taxes so that she can have eight hundred billion dollars to over the next ten years to fund uh, you know whatever her stupid pet projects are. As if another eight hundred billion is going to do it right over ten years. First of all, that's fucking nothing now. That is a rounding error for our federal government. But it's like the first 28 trillion didn't get it done. But here's another 800 billion over 10 years. And that's going to do it. And thank you so much, Rashida Tlaib. We can tell that you really care about the people. And, you know, when are people going to wake up and realize that government is not the solution to these problems? I mean, we, we saw what the government solution was in Texas. How'd that work out? Um, and then, you know, uh, a couple of people get together and they raise a million dollars. We'll see what happens there. But why do we have these committees? Why, like, the House Financial Services Committee, what have they ever fucking accomplished that, that the American people want them to accomplish? Like, literally, they're, they're, they, they spent most of the, the day... I, I thought they were going to kind of go after the the Reddit guy a little more, who who, who kind of making me laugh, dude. He had some, he, he only spoke a few times that I heard of. He was sharp, man. He was good. I, I liked what he had to say, but they were hammering Robin Hood, uh, the Robin Hood guy who had like the, dude, he has the most ridiculous haircut. It's like the, he reminded me of the, the guy from uh, No Country for Old Men or something. I, I couldn't fucking take him seriously with this haircut, but him and the, and the guy from Citadel got the most uh, questions 
and you know they just dot they give bullshit answers dodging that you know that when they actually asked good questions like a couple of these congressmen asked a, a couple decent questions and it was just like well we had to uh we had to meet our fucking collateral requirements with our clearinghouse and that's why we had to halt trading on on one side of the trade and um whether or not you actually believe that i guess i'll leave that up to you guys but what really drives me crazy with these hearings well are, are two things one is the fucking undeserved respect that these fucking people give these politicians like i would be the biggest fucking dick imaginable if i ever get called to testify in front of congress and it would probably you know be to my detriment they'll throw me in a cage or something but i i just every time they ask a question this went on for five and a half fucking hours and so they got asked a lot of questions. It's like, Congresswoman, thank you very much for that question. It is my pleasure to to get that question. I'd love to answer it. Blah 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 blah. Congresswoman, this congressman, this. Uh, thank you, Congressman. Thank. Dude, fuck these people. First of all, um, second of all, the um, the the way that these you know Maxine Waters and. Uh, some of these other idiots on these committees, the way they act like they're so concerned for the American people. And that's why they're going after these evil companies like Robin Hood and these hedge funds that screw over the little man because they care so much about the uh, the little guy when we know they know where their fucking bread is buttered. And they're probably taking billions of fucking dollars and donations from these hedge funds uh, one way or another if they're just giving speeches or something like that. They're going to, you know, grandstand this whole time and and use this as a way to come up with some form of legislation that's going to solve this problem in the, in the future, right? And there wasn't even a problem. I mean, this was not a fucking problem that needed to be solved. The only issue here was that uh, Robin Hood fucking halted trading. I mean, that that's pretty much it. At, at probably at the behest of of the fucking citadel which which account like has a huge stake in robin hood so i mean that's a problem there but we already have legislation for that we don't need more um and you know the, the free market the the marketplace did what it was supposed to do in terms of punishing the greed the uh excessive greed from these these hedge funds like they got caught with their chin out and uh you know people you know people caught on to it and they gave them a fucking licking and that that should happen i mean when you get overextended there should be a market mechanism in place to correct that and it was in place and then there was some nefarious shit going on but the idea that these politicians actually care about the american people and they're going to you know pass some legislation uh, to fix these problems is like the height of irony because all of the you know the issues at the core of this in terms of the financial markets that led to the whole Robin Hood thing they're all caused by legislation in the financial markets I mean there is so much financial regulation regulatory costs because of the SEC and Finra and all of these uh, politicians that you know, in order to become an accomplished politician, you have to pass legislation. So everybody gets in there and then they want to do something, right? It's like, oh, what's he ever accomplished? And it's like, well, he did this bill and he did that bill. And each one of those bills adds fucking costs to customer acquisition. Now, if you're just, a, you know, a millennial or something, you have a few thousand dollars to invest. Um, you can't put it into a savings account because the Federal Reserve is suppressing interest rates and they're not going to pay you any interest. They'll pay you less than 2% interest while inflation's running over 2%. So you put it there, you, you try to save it, do the responsible thing, and you're losing money every year. You're losing purchasing power. So you can't do that. Well, how do you get a return? Okay, I'll throw it into the stock market. But can I get some professional advice? Well, no. No, you can't because in order for a company, you know, a, a broker to take you on as a, as a customer, it, th there's a tremendous amount of cost, especially a, a lot of it's due to the, the Dodd-Frank legislation and the um, the Patriot Act anti-money laundering legislation that came out of, you know, who would have thought that, you know, a, a, a terrorist attack would, would end up with uh, legislation that prevents uh, a millennial from being able to get investment advice from a professional but 
<laughs> this is the uh, you know this is what happens when you have fifty thousand pages of legislation and they cram all sorts of shit in there. But the the cost of customer acquisition it, it's not they cannot make enough money on, a, on an account that only has like five or ten thousand dollars to invest. They they can't make money on that. And they're opening themselves up to all sorts of fucking, you know, lawsuits and, and liabilities like that. It's just not worth it for them for them. Uh, and so they just they set up minimums, account minimums. You have to have $50,000 to invest to to invest with us. And if you don't, well, you're, you're shit out of luck. You can just you can go on the Robin Hood app and you can, uh, you know, just fucking it, it's like, you know, playing roulette. Right. You're just fucking rolling a wheel. You're just guessing. Um there's so many unsophisticated investors that are just, you know, throwing money and seeing what sticks. And it's been working now because the the Fed just keeps pumping trillions of dollars into the financial markets. So everything just keeps going up. And that's why the, the big joke is just buy the fucking dip, buy the dip, buy the dip. Every time it dips, don't worry about it. The Fed's going to pump it back up. And that you know, that works until it doesn't or until inflation just completely fucking crushes uh any any actual returns uh any actual returns in terms of their purchasing power that that's the whole the the real irony of this is that they're going to pass more legislation and it's going to be to help the american people like they always claim you know it's for your own good it's for your safety this is to help you and the effect of that is going to cause all kinds of of other issues intended unintended it doesn't really matter okay uh the the effect of it is is what matters and the effect of all this financial regulation has been to price the average guy joe six-pack out of the market they can't get in the market um in in a in a sophisticated way they can't get um a, a professional money manager to help them invest their money they have to figure it out on their own and this this is all due i remember when i was setting up a an account to just all I wanted to do was was buy this was oof, it was a while ago now probably 10 10 12 years ago I was setting up an account to just I just wanted to buy some gold and have it stored somewhere and it dude the amount of shit that I had to go through to open that account it was like uh bank statements tax returns driver's license and they kept asking me for all this shit and it was just like jesus christ dude it took like a week to get at one point i was like would you like a fucking dna sample too and they're like yeah you know we're sorry but these are the things that we got to do and like it like these firms like some of their their biggest overhead is just compliance costs and this know your customer thing and they've basically turned all of these banks and investment firms into like spies for the federal government to try to weed out you know terrorists or money launderers but really what they're looking for is tax evasion because that you know they love their fucking taxes but they're they're like required to fucking rat you out to the federal government if they see any suspicious behavior and so they the, the the compliance cost is through the roof with these regulations, and that's why everyone's forced to use these uh, these apps, these these Robinhood apps. And yeah, okay, so it's a free app, but how do you think they make money? I mean, they're gonna they're gonna sell your data, they're gonna sell your trading data to these you know these fucking hedge funds. Citadel uh, bought like fucking fifty four percent of their fucking shit or something like that. And uh, they spent like three hundred and some odd million dollars uh, with Robinhood, and they made like six point four billion off of the trades. A rough number, something like that. Don't hold it to me, but that's that's basically what what works here. And and then you know some of like the really stupid questions, like from Alexandria Casio Cortez, was like, "Are you going to pass on the the money that you get from uh you know selling the the, the trading data to your customers?" And the guy looked at her. He's just like. Well, thank you, Congresswoman, for that question. But uh, no, I'm not going to do that. That's how we fucking make money. And we are a pro- like a for-profit company. We're not doing this out of the kindness of our hearts. But it's either that or they charge a commission for each trade. So you can have it, you know, one way or another, you're going to pay. You're, you're not going to get it for free. Um, and if you don't understand that, I, I think that's on you. You should have known what Robin Hood what was um, was doing this whole time. And they act like, you know, this was like top secret news or something like that. I've been talking about Robin Hood for years and this is what they've been doing. And it's just something you accept. You either accept that, that they're going to sell your trading data and you, you maybe you won't get the best fucking execution price or something like that. But you don't have to pay uh, per commission. And 
um, they really have influenced the uh, one of the points that they made during this thing was that that they've changed this whole model and all these um, all these platforms TD Ameritrade interactive brokers they all got rid of their commissions and they've gone to this uh, this Robin Hood model where they you, you can trade for free but we you don't know what they're going to be doing with all that trading data and you know that's that is what it is if if you don't want to do that you could hire a a professional and you just have to have one of these like ridiculous arbitrary account minimums that the federal government has has forced them essentially to set up with all the with all the financial regulation that we have in place and it's dude it's thousands and thousands of pages of financial regulation dude the the finance industry is one of the most heavily regulated industries on the face of the earth you're just going to have to trust me on this i've gone through fucking audits in this like it is a you know a financial colonoscopy every year with all of this stuff, all of this financial regulation. What have we gotten for it, other than you know spending? You know it costs billions and hundreds of billions of dollars to comply every year with all this stuff. And what what did it did it prevent the two thousand eight financial crisis? Nope. Did it? Um, you know, did it catch Bernie Madoff? <laughs> nope. What, what caught Bernie Madoff was the fucking market. Was uh, people pulling their money out of the market? I mean, there are market mechanisms in place for all of this. The government steps in, they remove the the market regulation, and they replace it with fucking federal regulation. And the federal regulation is fucking inept, and they don't know what they're doing, and it, they they don't accomplish anything except squandering money and um, lining their own pockets in the process. And destroying the country along the way. So for all you people out there that are looking to the government for a solution, that think that the government should do something, uh, I'll leave you with this last thought. Take a look, especially when it comes to finance, right? Take a look at the financial track record of the federal government. Take a look at their balance sheet. You know, $28 trillion in bonded debt, hundreds of trillions of unfunded liabilities. Take a look at all the debt at, at state and local levels. That's in the trillions. Take a look at what they've done to student loans, the trillions of dollars of outstanding debt there. Take a look at their track record, as I said, at, at preventing fraud, financial fraud, the, the Bernie Madoffs of the world. Take a look at the solvency of things like Social Security. Take a look at their record of investing into companies like Solyndra and regulating the overall, you know, financial industry and just their overall financial acumen. Take a look at that and with a straight face, go ahead and make the argument for them further regulating the financial markets and saving for your entire uh, for your retirement. If anybody, if any private company had half the track record that they had in any of those areas, you wouldn't touch them with a 10-foot pole. And but yet this is this is the organization that people worship. This is the organization that people will storm the fucking Capitol building in the name of. This is the organization that they will fight to the death. They will send their the daughters and sons overseas to get blown up this is the, the the organization that we are clinging to holding so near and dear to our hearts and they're just a complete and abject failure in every sense at, in, at every metric in every sense of the fucking word they are a failure um this is who we're looking to to solve the pandemic this is who we're these are the experts we're listening to that the that telling us to mask up and all this shit this is it that that's uh that's who you're hitching your fucking wagon to. If that's you, man, you need to take a long, hard, sober look in the mirror and reevaluate your fucking decisions because there there's just no way that the government is ever going to be there for you to help you to to uh, get you out of your current financial state or whatever. Uh, it's not the way to do it. It's never been the way to do it. It is not designed to do that. Like that article was saying, this is not a, this is not a bug. This is a feature that uh, it's not designed to create wealth. It's designed to squander it. And the sooner you realize that, the sooner you will be in a position to avoid freezing to death in places like Texas and I'm going to wrap there for today, guys. Thank you so very much for listening. Do me a favor. You know, I always ask, I think I ask for maybe too many favors at the end of the show. I, I just want you to do one thing for me today, okay? Just go follow me on Twitter. 
There, there's no reason why I should have like a third of um, of what my listenership is on Twitter. Just go follow me on Twitter. I don't care if you actually engage it with Twitter or not. And if you don't even have a Twitter account, set, just set one up just to follow me. I, I need to get these numbers up so that uh, I have a little more legitimacy in, in, in these types of circles and, and I can start getting uh, myself into these these larger libertarian conversations. Okay, so just all I want you to do is follow me on Twitter, at Pedal Fiction. That's it. And don't forget, we're, we're getting drinks in about three hours, so get your uh, bourbon ready or whatever you're going to be drinking. I got to, oof, I think I'm out. I got to check and see what I got in the liquor cabinet there. Might be tequila for me today, but um, we're, we're doing that. And if you wanted, if you want to become a, a member of the Friday Night Happy Hours, all you got to do is go to peddlingfictionpodcast.com, click on the support the show tab, and set up a recurring monthly donation for any amount that you want. Um, all of that money, I don't I don't keep that, you know, it's not like going into my little uh, trust fund or whatever. I, I use it to uh, fund advertising for the show, try to increase our reach. So um, and, and as a way of giving back for you guys that we created this happy hour thing. It's a lot of fun. I love talking to you guys. And I think it'd be fun for you guys to get to talk to each other, uh, especially in these times. You know, it's really hard to connect with other libertarians where you are. So I, I think it's a it's a really cool idea and it could be a great little community thing. So go ahead and do that if you want to. And if you guys can do all that for me, I will be back next week with a brand new episode for you. And until then, you guys know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace. Peace.